What's up, guys, man? What's going on? Welcome back. Episode two of the video podcast. So on today's podcast, we're talking, man, honestly, I've been reading some crazy articles, man. Like I've been all over the internet. Honestly, during quarantine, there's not much else I can do, but it's actually been pretty, it's been hard in certain spots. Like, I just want to talk about that for a minute. Like being in quarantine is, is harder than I thought it would be. Like having to wake up every day, waiting on a call from public health. It's great. Like their follow-up, but I'm telling you, man, like not being able to leave the house and things like that. These are things, man, you truly take for granted when you can just do it whenever you want. And I'm actually realizing that it's actually so unfortunate because like you should see the amount of garbage piling up in the front part of my house. It's ridiculous, ridiculous. But uh, tomorrow's Monday, which means I got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And as of Saturday at 4 p.m., I can actually go outside or whenever I get my call from public health. I can actually go outside and be a part of society again and, and get out there and actually have some sort of life. And the one thing that I realize I'm missing the most is actually work. Like getting up and going to work has always been a big part of my day. So like I'm missing it tremendously. I'm missing it. Like being at home has been great. Hanging out with Jess, getting to watch whatever movie I want and, and kind of just relax and, and, and get a much needed break. But man, I miss having that. I miss part of me misses having that routine. Uh, for sure. 100% I miss it. But the NBA is starting back up again. And this is what I wanted to, this is what I really wanted to talk about. The NBA, something that I find interesting because I see a lot of like mixed opinions on the internet about it. Some players don't want to play. Some players think it's a, a bad idea. I'm not really sure how I feel about it that way. I think it's kind of cool that they're starting it back up, but I just think for pro athletes, I just think it's too much of a risk. They can't distance. So if you test them or not, and you keep them in this bubble, I think that concept is great, but how you can't really ensure that they're going to stay healthy. So I, in my eyes, it would have been better just to not kind of continue with the season. But then as a fan and somebody who enjoys watching the game, part of me is like, I want to see how this plays out. Like, are they going to be, look, I support the UFC going out there and putting on fights and and just being proactive. And, and when somebody has a case that pops up, they get rid of them, they find a replacement, and they've done an amazing job. And I think part of that gives the NBA hope that with their resources and their reach that they could do more. There's no way that they can't. I think they're going to be just as good at, at it as the UFC has been. And hopefully we see some good games. You know, we see my Raptors defend their title. Um, but I think, I think it's a good, I think they have to try. Um, but one of the crazy things I read was, and it, it dawned on me, I'm like, man, I never thought about this. Like Rudy Gobert was the first player to actually contract coronavirus in the NBA. And if you guys remember, and I'm sure that you do, he went around like touching everybody's mic and, and things like that and kind of messing around, acting like it wasn't that serious. But I read an article the other day that he actually still suffers from symptoms like he can't smell that well so it's kind of like karma right like i feel like an asshole saying that but it's kind of like karma right like you're not taking it serious you think it's a joke you can just go in there and kind of mess around and you're kind of still suffering from it but crazy enough you know i was reading this article that said him and devin mitchell kind of haven't really reconciled yet 
you know, there's still that kind of frustration and anger about the whole situation. And then it dawned on me, I'm like, I wonder, man, like if I caught coronavirus or COVID, however you want to refer to it as at work, you know, it would bother me. But if I caught it from a friend who knowingly had it and still kind of was in my space, I don't know. Would I feel the same way? I think that's a question I wrestle with all the time. Like, would I be able to forgive them? I think as long as I came out of it healthy and there was no serious, you know, situations come from it. Like I wasn't hospitalized. I wasn't put on a ventilator. I, I'm probably sure because I'm pretty stubborn and I'm pretty fucking hard-headed. I'm pretty sure I'd be able to let it go over time. But I don't know. It, it's crazy. I, I just, I thought that was an interesting thing that, you know, a guy like Devin Mitchell and a guy like Rudy Gobert, both big parts of like Utah's future. It'd be crazy that something like this, especially with the the resources they have available to them. I mean, both guys, I'm sure, are healthy now. They don't they don't carry any symptoms of the virus. But you know, I guess I guess certain people just it's hard for them to look at that situation and like, oh, and maybe that's because Rudy didn't take it seriously, and maybe if he had taken it seriously. His teammates, Devin Mitchell being that individual, might not have contracted the virus to begin with. So I think if he's looking at it that way, maybe that's why. Right. But I don't know. I, I think I'd be able to 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 forgive somebody for sure. If they didn't know that they had it and we were around each other, I think I'd be able to let it go. But if they did have it and they knew they had it and like I was just having a little get together, or you know, I was kind of scheduled to meet up with them. And they didn't tell me and they just were like, oh, you know, I'm just going to go and keep my distance and hopefully nothing happens. I'd still let it go, but I'd be I'd be pretty, pretty fucking PO'd about it, to be honest. You know, and like I said, I'm I'm stubborn and I just have a hard time letting shit go. Not all the time. Not all the time. I can tell you this much. I am getting way better at it, way better. at just kind of. I don't want to say sweeping shit under the rug, but being a bigger person and just being like, all right, cool. You know what? Shit happens. And that's the biggest thing, right? Shit happens. You got to let it go. You either got to hold a grudge and just be miserable for however long, or you just look at it and say, all right, you know what? I'm going to sweep it under the rug and, and we're going to be done with it. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting, though. But I also wonder, too, how that's going to affect their encore chemistry. Right. That I think that's a crazy thing, because Utah, as far as the NBA goes, I'm not really sure. Like I kind of read, you know, some stuff on the Internet about how they're going to, you know, going to structure it and whatnot, yada, yada, yada. But I wonder, like, is that going to mess with their chemistry on the court? You know, we've seen not this situation. Obviously, this is the first of its kind, but we've seen situations where chemistry has been a big issue for some people. After whatever the case may be right and they have it just doesn't work well on the court and hopefully utah's got a good group of guys man something something like this to would be would be a, a fucking piss off to be honest i'm a fan i'm a fan of the team i'm a fan of some other players i think they got real talent and it would just suck to have to see them either break the team up right which i think would be the most dramatic case or they just they get throttled in the playoffs because because of the lack of chemistry. Uh, 
about this situation. But I think that's like the worst case scenario. So I, I don't see that happening. But who the fuck knows? It is hot in here. I don't like I don't even know. Can you guys see how much I'm sweating? Oh, my God. Like I got a sweater on like I told you guys because it's or did I tell you guys that maybe that was on my vlog. But yeah, I'm wearing a sweater in my office here because I don't have any clean shirts. So I was just like, let me pull something out. But oh, was not a good fucking idea, man. Was not a good idea at all. I am hot and whew, man, I wasn't going to say anything about it, but I'm like, I am, uh, I'm roasting, I'm roasting, that is for sure, I did read today though, uh, unfortunately for Gilbert Burns, he is out of UFC 251, Fight Island in Abu Dhabi, this Saturday, actually this Saturday, uh, he tested positive for COVID, which sucks, and actually for me, that really sucks, because he's the one guy in the UFC that I feel like recently is deserving of a title shot put an ass whooping on tyron woodley who do you beat after that why am i just drawing a blank right now i don't i can't remember who he beat but he beat like two or three top top 10 guys and i wanted to see that fight i really wanted to see that because i feel like he could beat kamaru usman kamaru's tough his hands are pretty good strong wrestler but Gilbert Burns, you know, you look at what he did to Tyron Woodley. You know, that's that's pretty impressive what he was able to do to him. And I felt like he could have done the same to Kamara Usman. So, you know, hopefully he gets healthy and he's able to come back and get that shot. And I think, I think with the performances he's had, you go right back in there as soon as he's healthy and you tell him, you know, you find out when he's good to go. And you're like, all right, you're next in line for sure. No doubt. But... The upside to that is Jorge Masvidal and Kamaru Usman. I was hoping that they went with that fight because I was like, I don't really want to see Colby Covington. It was a good fight the first time around, and you see it all the time, and I've talked about it so many times, so I don't want to fixate on it too much. But how they do this where, like, the, the previous champion will lose and he'll, whether he gets that automatic rematch or something happens, the guy has to pull out and they give it to that individual. And I was just so happy... You know, when I heard the news break, I was like, man, if they give it to Kobe, I'm not even I'm not even fucking ordering it. But then they posted that, you know, Jorge Masvidal was going to get it. And I'm intrigued by that fight. And I'm sure a lot of you guys are. If you're if you're sports fans, you have to be intrigued by that fight. It could be a long five round fight. But I think, too, a lot of people are counting Masvidal out. And I think that's crazy. He's nasty with the hands. He's a power striker. Doesn't have the same wrestling pedigree as like Kamara Usman, but that doesn't mean he can't keep the fight on the feet, right? And and this is the crazy thing when you look at odds makers and the people that, you know, just predict these fights. Kind of had trouble kind of finding all my words there. But you look at the people that predict these fights and stuff like that. I don't I don't see why anybody would be given Jorge Masvidal wouldn't be giving him a fighting chance because you know the I don't want to call him the BMF champion because to me that belt I don't know what the fuck that belt was that <laughs> as cool as it is I think that's I don't know man you getting any like I wonder if he's getting perks for that getting extra perks because you're the, the BMF champion 
probably not. Like, I don't even think he's going to defend that belt again. That's not even a legitimate belt. It's not a divisional belt. It's not a, you know, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing with that belt. Right. To me, you know, BMF being the baddest motherfucker, all these dudes that fight in the UFC are the baddest motherfuckers. Right. That's just my opinion. I don't think a belt, none of them need to carry a belt, you know, to tell themselves that. But yeah, to go back to what I was saying, you know, Kamaru Usman to me is, is, is tough, but people that just think Jorge Masvidal is going to get, you know, going to get his ass whooped. It's not a, it's not a good prediction. It's not a good prediction, especially if he can keep the fight on the feet. I mean, you've seen what he's done to guys on the feet. Like his hands are just, his hands are good. And the one thing I like about Jorge Masvidal, he's going to, he's going to eat a shot to take, you know, give a shot and he can eat punches. He's got a good chin on him. Kamaro hasn't shown us, at least in the in the fights I've seen of him, I haven't seen him been, you know, hit too flush or kind of been, you know, hit hard enough where I've seen him had to kind of come back from adversity. But I, I guarantee you, Jorge's gonna Jorge's gonna put that chin to the test, which makes the fight really interesting because if he Jorge has power, you know, we saw a little bit of power, I want to say, in the Colby Covington fight, but I didn't see anything that, you know, I don't think any fighter has, would be afraid of. Right now, anybody can get cracked. That's the beauty of the sport. But I didn't see anything from him being Usman that I would think as somebody who talks about the fighter would be predicting a winner in that fight. I didn't see anything that was worrisome for any opponent for that matter. Right? Colby's tough and... And he wasn't able to finish him. And I, I think Jorge is just as tough, if not tougher. So I don't see I don't see a finish coming. On the feet, at least. Right? But definitely a good fight. And I'm so happy. This is going to be the first time, I think, in my, my time of being a fan and actually purchasing a pay-per-view that I actually think I'm going to be able to stay awake for the entire thing. Because I'm not going to have to work all day and be exhausted. I'm going to actually be able to get some rest and actually watch this fight. And plus... I am so excited to kind of see, you know, what they actually, like how Fight Island actually looks. Like, it's crazy, man. They're putting on so many fights. So I I honestly wonder if the UFC is actually making any money. Like, when they do these these pay-per-views, yeah, you get, you know, you get some money from the pay-per-view buys. But these fight night cards, like, they can't be making anything, anything off of these. If, at least I wouldn't think they would, right? Because you got no live gate. Uh you know, you don't you don't make money from, you know, T-shirt sales and, you know, all this stuff from the concession stands. You don't make any of the money from that. So I'd be interested to see how much money they're shelling out versus how much money they're actually pulling back. Because I couldn't I don't imagine they're making anything, but that's just my assumption. Right. So with this pay-per-view, I think this will kind of I think people would have bought the Gilbert Burns Usman. Uh, but I think Jorge Masvidal, there's just that. There's just that little bit extra there. And I mean, I love it. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen it. it there's a confrontation. Like, there's a little video on Twitter of Jorge Masvidal and, and Usman kind of getting into, like, just like a heated little verbal thing. I just love how calm and relaxed Masvidal is and all those things. Like, just blowing, blowing Usman kisses and stuff like that. It's just so funny, man. I think he's just got that, like... That like kind of fuck you mentality, like he doesn't give a shit. But at the same time, if you talk shit about him or anything like that, he's going to address you 
right then and there. And and you saw with uh, what was it, uh, Eve Edwards? He just he just landed a two piece on him, just walked right up to him and slapped him twice, right, or punched him twice. Actually, I should say. So, you know, <laughs> it, it's just crazy. He's just he's he's a real like he's a real fighter, right? You you know, if you're in the cage, he's gonna beat you up. If you outside the cage, you talk shit, he's gonna beat you up. So I think that's I think those are the elements that make this this fight super intriguing. And I also think there's there's a couple other good fights on the card that I actually that I think are super entertaining. I just actually I can't remember what fights are actually on that card because they're so they're putting on so many big fights. Let me see here. I gotta, I gotta search it up. Sorry, guys, because I don't actually remember the the fight card here. But ah, ah, Max Holloway, come on now, my boy Max Holloway's coming back versus Alexander Volkanovsky. If I butchered that, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure I said it right. And then you got Peter. Uh, no, I'm not saying that right, but uh. I'm just gonna say Peter Yen and Jose Aldo. So that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good fucking card. And then Rose Namajunas, Jessica Andrade, and another fight uh, at the beginning of the card. So that's that's definitely worth the money. I, even if that card doesn't play out, that's definitely that's a chance you got to take on buying that and kind of see what see what happens with that. And I think all of those are title belts too, right? The the, the last three fights are all title belts. So I think, you know what, to talk about the Max Holloway fight for a second, I felt like Max Holloway won the first fight, but I could see them giving it to Alexander. And I think Max Holloway doesn't necessarily want that rematch for the belt. I think the belt would be like the icing on the cake, but I think he wants, I think he wants to get that victory more than anything. I don't think it has anything to do with, with uh, getting the belt back. I think Max, Max to me is a champion regardless, but I think he wants to get that victory because I could imagine like, and I think it applies to anything, not only fighting. If you feel like you deserve something and you put in the work and you went in there and you, you performed and you didn't get the result you want, I think that's what you crave. I don't, I don't think the title is what you crave. You know, the title is definitely, I don't think, I, I, I mean, I'm sure he would love it back. He's not going to win the fight and then be like, no, I don't want the belt. But I think I think that's what he wants. He, he wants redemption. He wants that win because I saw the fight, man. And honestly, I, I thought Max, I thought Max performed extremely well. I thought I gave him the fight. I actually gave him the fight. I don't remember what I scored it because I always kind of do that. I play like judge when I watch these fights. I'm like, all right, that that 10, eight round, uh, you know, Max and fucking 10, nine round Alexander. I always play judge. It's it's. I think Jess hates it because I'll talk the entire fight. I don't think she cares about, you know, watching the fights with me. She likes them. But when I start chirping and talking and shit, I think she gets annoyed. <laughs> but, man, that's how much of a fan I am. Like, I'll literally score the fight, right? So, yeah, that's – I can't wait, man. I'm, I'm genuinely excited. Did you guys actually hear – and I don't know if this is, like, fake news or real news or whatever – but Kanye West is going to jump into the 2020 presidential election. 
This, I hope this is fake fucking news. I'm telling you guys, I hope this is fake news. If this is real news, I'm disappointed. I'm genuinely disappointed. Like, I don't personally care about American politics at all. I have no invested interest in American politics. I live in Canada. I'm a Canadian citizen. But if I had to think about one person, and I've said this so many times, that should run for president of the United States of America, because I think all politicians are shit, right? I think they all got their own agenda. I think they're all crooks, right? That's just my opinion. And that's not only in the States. I think that here about, you know, Canadian politicians too. Everybody's trying to grease their own pockets. Everybody's got their own agenda. And never once do I think the citizens are the priority. Right? And that's just that's just my harsh opinion. But I think Dwayne Johnson, I, you know, obviously Kanye West running, I, like I said, I don't care. I think it's hilarious. But I think Dwayne Johnson would be like the perfect presidential candidate, even president. Look, man, Donald Trump got in and people are going to have their opinions. I don't talk about politics for the most part, but he got in. You know, some people say he's doing good. Some people say he's doing a shitty job. I guess that depends on who you talk to. But I think Dwayne Johnson, when I think about it, he's got the look. He's got the, you know, he's just got the, the presence. He's got that voice. He's well-spoken. I think he would be the best president, right? If you had to take, because when I think about Trump, I think about a TV actor, right? He, you know, he's got some shows, you know, he's a hotel owner, big businessman, right? But just not very well-spoken, right? He doesn't, he doesn't deliver messages well. When I, when I hear him deliver speeches, he just, if I had to pick one word to describe Donald Trump, it'd be immature. That, that's the, the best word that I could think of. I don't care about his political views. But if I had to describe him, I would say immature for sure. And I just don't think you would get that from a Dwayne Johnson. Right? I think the biggest thing when you're the leader of any country is how you react to situations, how you deliver that message, and how you make them believe as a country that you know, you're the most stable individual there and you're going to you you know, you're going to you're going to, you know, generate that positivity and just make them have them get on your side instead of, you know, being immature and, you know, just saying really, really, really ridiculous stuff. So that that's that's who I, I think. I think if the U.S. is looking for a nice, you know, good, a good person that that would look the part, play the part, I think it would be I think it'd be Dwayne Johnson if I had to pick one celebrity. One celebrity, musician, movie actor, whatever, in Dwayne Johnson's case, wrestler. <laughs> I think that would be the person. Like, could you just picture him in a suit standing at the podium with his little, you know, U.S., the United States flag pendant on his, on his jacket? I think it'd be a good fucking look for him. What I don't think is a good look is my man Dwayne Wade. Now, I've been a Dwayne Wade fan since the day he got drafted. I felt like he was the most underrated player in that entire draft. Like, got no credit at the time when him, Melo, and LeBron all came out. You know, the Chris Boshes and all these guys. But, please, if you guys have not seen it, go on Twitter. Look what my man did to his The back of his head looks like a fucking Hot Wheels car. A Hot Wheels car. It is the most ugliest shit I've ever seen. Like, I don't know if this is one of those, you know, midlife crisis. And I don't know how midlife crisis works for, for rich people. You know, because in their younger years, they buy everything, the boats and yada, 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 right? I don't know. I guess when you're old, you're rich, midlife crisis would be a terrible fucking hairdo. 
Because that's what it looks like. And I love Dwayne Wade. I do. But that is not a good look, my friend. Absolutely, 100%. Not a good look for him. It looks terrible. It looks terrible. I mean, he could fix it if he, you know, he doesn't like it. But And I love the freedom to just, you know, that he has that confidence to just do that and and be okay with that. I don't have that as far as, like, fucking with my hair. You know how many people have wanted to give me a haircut during this crisis? And I just refuse. And, like, reality is it's just hair. It's going to grow back. But I'm just not willing. So, you know, kudos to him for that because it takes a lot of confidence to do that. But it's bad. It's really, really, really fucking bad. You know, I'm sure I'll, you know what? I'll throw a picture up so that you guys can actually see it. But it's just, oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. But also, too, for you guys in Toronto here, as of July 7th, it is now mandatory to wear a mask. And I don't want to I don't want to harp on this too much. Uh, but being somebody that's, you know, tested negative and had to be in quarantine, I've always supported the mask, wearing the mask. I don't know this, you know, the statistics about how much it curves, you know, COVID-19. But I do, I will say this, you know, that if the mask helps even just a little bit, I support it. I support wearing it. Um, and I just think it's something that we should all do. Because obviously the one thing that I have said openly on multiple occasions is just people aren't social distancing. That is a tough thing. And I don't think it's that people are intentionally trying to be that individual that doesn't distance. I think that would be ignorant of me to state that because I don't actually know that. But I will say that when you go your entire life with just being able to walk freely and, and, and kind of maneuver in and around people to come to a screeching halt and say, now you have to keep six feet of distance. And at first it wasn't even six feet, it was three feet but now you have to keep six feet of distance. I think it's going to be hard for people to adjust to that. And I know that because I've gone up to people and asked them to kind of step back and just, you don't even realize that you're that close to somebody because it's just your norm. So, you know, that's why I'm a big, you know, I'm going to, you know, encourage it from now and support it. And I've always encouraged it, but I don't force people what to do. You know, I've always told my staff, you know, we got masks here for you. If you guys want to wear them, they just, they don't want to wear them. And at the time I couldn't force them to wear it because they had a choice. Uh, now it's going to be mandated. And I think it's good just because, like I said, that social distancing uh, is tough. It's tough for a lot of people and just in certain, in certain environments, right? Like if we're, we're not going to have crowd control for the most part, or we're going to be kind of held to this expectation that we got to control the crowd, but you know, you got to let in X, Y, Z. I think that that masks are, are a very, very big, important part of what we're going to need to do going forward. And honestly, too, with, with all that being said, I hope that we can get back to normal because I've said it a hundred times that it's going to take us as, you know, citizens, adults to be responsible, to be respectful of everybody and anybody so that we can curve this thing and so that we can get back to the point where we can go sit on a patio and we can have some food and some drinks or whatever you like and, and, and get back to this normal because it's, it's, it's been a weird time. It's definitely been a weird time, and I'm sure everybody can agree that it's been weird. And when we get back to that normal, uh, it's going to feel so good. Uh, I can tell you guys that. I know that at least is going to feel good for me, and I'm sure it's going to feel good for everybody that watches or that's listening. 
Uh, so that's it for me, guys. Hopefully, you guys enjoy the podcast. This is podcast number two. Uh, I want to thank you guys for watching. Uh, don't forget to hit that like, subscribe button, whatever you know, whatever it is people tell you to do. Uh, but like I said, hopefully, you guys enjoy the podcast, and I will see you guys soon. Have a good night, guys.